Okay, but really quick before we move on, um, when I was playing, so before I Resident Evil Seven came out, and I, I went to, I decided to replay through the demo, um, but I didn't realize that they had released a new part of the demo uh, that added things onto it, and you could actually escape in this this version of the Ooh. demo. Um, I didn't realize that that had been added in, and so. Uh, suddenly these new areas of the house had opened up and I was so scared because I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and so there's one scene of me going down the stairs um, to the basement to try and find the... Uh, I don't remember what you find down there, but um, you go down the stairs and you bump into like all the hanging bodies oh, in yeah. the bags and stuff. Um, and as I was going down those stairs, I also have this up, is me... Um, going down the stairs singing, we're going down, down in an earlier round, but like scared. So I was like, we're going down, down. Sugar, we're so... going down swinging. <laughs> Sugar, we're going down. <laughs> it was so scary. I love it. I love it. Just a reminder this is a spoiler heavy podcast. Different series that require a spoiler warning will be in the description. Hi, everybody, and welcome again for another episode of Gaming Theater Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different because it's going to be our little Halloween special. Yay! So, <laughs> so this is going to be a different sort of subject that we don't know that's showing up every so often. And this will be a brief history of some of the revolutionary games played by Gaming Theater Presents Crew. But since it's a Halloween event, we're definitely going to go straight on to horror games. Now, hell yeah. To help me talk about this, let's get introduce all the people from the Gaming Theater that's here today to talk about our favorite horror games that have freaked us out. Um, now, as you guys already know, my name is Leo. I'm Geek Scorpio. Uh, I'm Liz, also known as Zombie Hand. My name is Dane. Uh, I go by D and Dane, and I miss the Magical Merch, merch Booth. <laughs> I'm Sam. I just go by Moon Testicle. I'm Kyle. I go by k -Bi. I'm Brandon, and I go by Tomato Man. Now, we do have a lot of things that we're going to cover today, so unlike our normal players, we're all going to walk away from the Magical Merch Booth. Don't stare at the bar directly in the eyes. I'm aware that the bar has chosen to wear a costume. Not today. We'll get there later. All right, so with that being said, we're going to get started. Now, what this sort of function for this episode is going to be a little different than those of our normal ones. We're going to be talking about games that we've personally played that fit into this genre. Now, here's sort of the kind of rules that we're going to be playing by. The first rule of this is that we're going. the game has to be something that has something unique or special about it, whether it's personal to us or it's something that is unique to the genre or special about it because of its mechanics, anything that that's that can roll into that realm. The second thing about it is that it has to be a game that we have physically played before. If we haven't played it, can't really talk about it because these are games that we played as part of the genre. The third one is that these have to fit the genre of the of the game. In this case, all these games are all listed as horror games. They, right out of the gate, you know that they're horror games. Not a game with horror-based elements. There's a lot of those out there, but and they're fun. Um... So that's what we're going to play with right now. So, and we'll let you know as we go the title and the and the year and what system we were playing it on, just to fill you guys into it. 
So for the first game, I'm going to go with probably the one of the an older one and start with an old arcade game. Now I played this one actually once in an arcade before they started pulling these off the shelves of all the arcades out there. And the first game is Splatterhouse. So it's Splatterhouse, it's in the arcade in that was originally out in 1988. Splatterhouse is unique because it is gory filled. It is filled with crazy scary imagery. Um but also it was designed came out before the ESRB. So before actually raiding games was a thing. So this is one of the most goriest arcade games that you can play. Anyone who hasn't played Splatterhouse, the main character literally looks like Jason Voorhees. Hockey mask, giant uh, arms, the whole works. And one of the things about it is that uh, some of the scariest art, we're talking about like symbol, uh, some of the designs in there are based off of things like H.G. Uh, Geiger, I think is the one who, the artist who did Aliens. And so art works like that. And then different chlorophyll toxins. Ironically, the scariest of all the bosses, to, one of the scariest bosses to deal with is one called, uh, which is a poltergeist. You're in a room and everything looks like regular furniture. You cannot fight anything in that room. You have to wait it out until the poltergeist actually throws all the furniture at you and dodge it. Probably my favorite part about that one, though, the end of every boss if you're not paying attention, it'll take one last shot to take you out every time. Scary as all get out. They have some super sick artwork, though, for that. But yeah, that's one of mine that I can think of off the top of my head, one of the earliest ones that I managed to play. I'll admit, for me, I kind of came into the horror genre sort of late, uh, comparatively to you, Leo. I, I never played Splatterhouse or anything really even remotely like that. Um, but my mind, when I think of horror games, I go straight to Resident Evil. Um, you know, Resident Evil 1, influential. Uh, oh, Joe. Know, the, yeah. the dogs coming through the window I still haunts me to this day. <laughs> One of the scariest moments. Especially, like, I mean, the PlayStation graphics in today's terms are not amazing. But for their time. Oh, mine. Uh, yeah. It was just like, what is that? What is that? The first, ah! <laughs> the first time playing Resident Evil 1, when you find that first zombie and it turns its head over its shoulder to look at you that was so scary and looked so realistic yeah. back in, like i think i was like 11 or 12 when i first played resident evil one uh my dad played i just watched i was too scared um yeah i know you eventually got to play in that though <laughs> oh yeah i've played almost every resident evil now but yeah like th that zombie turning its head over the shoulder and then getting up and stumbling towards mm -hmm. you like and yeah those dogs jumping through the window like you just don't expect it yeah yeah <laughs> that's absolutely. resident evil the original one this is the first one right yeah on uh, 1996 on ps1 yep. the remake to that thing just as scary so good yeah. it's so good i think the remake is probably the well and they even remixed the, mm -hmm. the whole dog thing got remixed like the first time you go through it just cracks yeah doesn't actually come through and then like three more trips down that hallway later because they knew they had to like through so they still get you yeah they the had to up the thing. ante so they knew they had to they had to mix things up a bit but it's like it's similar to the first dino crisis yeah. there's this one area with a long bridge with nothing and i remember playing that with my dad and we stopped or he like stopped part way through and he was like we're gonna get attacked by a dinosaur here i can feel it <laughs> 
God, I love those games too, though. I especially oh, love really? the very bizarro delivery of the first eviscerated corpse you come across with Regina. Just like it slow pan, din, yin. you see like a thrashed open, like, like body torn asunder. And she's just like, that's disgusting. <laughs> like with that and be cadence, honest i i didn't play much dino crisis i watched my dad play it once and then i never really went back those games it, are but, so much fun but resident evil dane was talking about yeah. yeah kind of my jam the one thing i always think is interesting is that a lot of people skip the first door the 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 front door mm-hmm. did you in the playstation one actually open that door oh yeah if you try and open it to leave Dog sticks uh, you his head it. out and just starts ripping that thing. You have to- it's a very easily missable segment. And you can actually take a little bit of damage by doing that. If you uh, mm-hmm. repeatedly go back to it. Yeah, it took me a long time to actually realize that you could try the front door. but uh, I, I don't did. remember if... I'm, I feel like I could be mistaking this because it's been a while since I've played them both. But I felt like in one of them, if you tried the door like three times, then it would actually just let a dog in. It might have been the Ooh, I don't... I don't remember that myself, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. But yeah, it's like I'm I'm now I need to look this up. In the remake it does. And like that really kinda in my mind, not to say that other horror games before it or after it haven't furthered the genre, but in my mind I feel like Resident Evil was really kind of a starting place for me and for probably a lot of people. Um realistically speaking, you know, the, the zombie genre was pretty popular, it still continues to be so to this day. Uh, survival horror i mean i don't want to say that it invented the genre but it definitely you know like helped it popularized it and as one of the biggest um one of the biggest ones to come to the west and so Mm uh i think while horror was not like uncommon at the time um it definitely became more prevalent after i agree absolutely i recently was able to play uh the seventh one uh, on stream and i really enjoyed the departure that was that game uh you know i've I've played all of them much like yourself liz um and they're great in their own way some of them are definitely better than others but i really enjoyed how normal it starts you know you're you're in the south you're in the bayou there's some like weird creepy sort of culty sort of stuff going on you enter the house and the mood just changes I remember seeing the juxtaposition between mm-hmm. the outside of the house, which is nice and bright and sunny, and it's a very nice day. I mean, there's some like weird like horse shrines around and dead crows that you have to deal with, but <laughs> and like the, the oh yeah, uh-huh. the yep. horse legs. they're hanging their saw blades out to dry, you know, like you do. <laughs> um, but you just like turning around like from the door and being like, I don't want to go into this house, and you turn around and it's just like nice, yeah. peaceful, sunny day. Like I could leave. I could just get in my car and I could go. I could go right now. But seeing the sort of like more normalized horror, like not that you know zombies aren't great because they absolutely are and they're scary in their own right. But like for the first part of that game, you're kind of like, these are just people. Like these are, these are just like crazy people hunting me. It's not until you get a little bit deeper that you learn some more things about them. Right. But the fact that this is just a, a murderous cannibalistic hillbilly family, it's just like that. It felt real to me, as, as weird as that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's also like a moment, like bef- when you're walking around the perimeter of the house, um, if you like, so you have to go around the side. And as you're coming up on a corner, you can actually see oh. Jack Baker walk past. And if you like 
run really fast like you're supposed to like stop and be like oh my god what the hell was that but if you run really fast he like disappears when he turns that corner but it's like it happens in a way where it's like almost out of the corner of your eye and it's like <laughs> that's incredible that's i'm scared awesome. i don't want to go look uh, resident evil 7, <laughs> yeah uh is that actually oh, yeah. resident evil 7 biohazard yeah biohazards okay. is the working title yes. it is on windows playstation 4 xbox one nintendo switch amazon luna stadia playstation 5 and xbox series x slash s yeah but that one came out recently 2017 correct yeah as much as i like the first yeah. one because it's, it's perfect and like so the, the remake was really good uh Seven is the first one that has really gotten to me kind of since those first couple of entries because it starts out like you're not in Raccoon City. You're not fighting zombies. You're not, you're not, you know, dealing with Mr. X or, or Nemesis or whoever. You're dealing with like some people that you could probably meet if you were to go to the South. I mean, maybe not with all the superpowers and all that, but like uh, I've got some friends who live down South and they're like, yeah, like we, we have places just like this littering the countryside around here. And it's mm -hmm. like, that doesn't make me feel any better, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> that the the whole southern appalachian like a aesthetic to it and i i liked it and it scared me so you know like i have yeah. i haven't picked it up yet because again a little bit of fear in me i mean for that <laughs> one I'm like oh. i i own it i played it in vr oh, for yeah, charity a couple years ago it was so good um ideal experience to play resident evil 7 that way i had so much fun with it. Um, I actually have it all uploaded on my YouTube channel. And sometimes I'll find it, like, and just watch moments of me screaming. <laughs> because it's really creepy. But there were times when an enemy would, like, start... I wouldn't realize an enemy was there, like, one of the molded down in the mm. basement. And I would start being like, please stop. Please, please stop. <laughs> just, like, instead of, like, being scared in a way where I was, like, screaming um or like like oh my god like screaming crying whatever um i was asking the enemies to please stop coming towards me <laughs> please, oh, please no <laughs> yeah, um, i um had the explicit pleasure of being able to uh play an early demo of uh resident evil 7 in vr before 7 yeah. or the vr had come out um oh man they had a uh, traveling tour truck for Resident Evil 7 as a promotional thing. Um, they were going literally across the entire U.S. And um, they had like seven different machines hooked up and set up with all the systems and everything. And when they listed that they were doing that, for maybe an hour at most, they had the entire tour schedule listed on their site. But when I went back to it that entire schedule was gone but i remembered their second stop was and like two hours away from where i live yeah i would be there yeah so <laughs> i was like i'm taking that day off and i'm gonna i'm going that's happening yeah. um, and it did and uh it was excellent i've got it actually oddly enough i have a, a video where i talk about it on my youtube channel um with hey. pictures of the tour truck pulling up and everything and like their whole setup you could get um uh, you got like prizes for doing specialty runs on uh, mercenaries for RE4 or how fast you can complete certain elements in those. And then they also mm. had unique merch specifically for this uh, with some pins being available. Um, the liquor plush that came out. I have that in the other room. I got it there. Um, 
some cool posters. Actually, the that was one of the cooler parts is their anniversary poster had on the backside of it the list of their entire stop schedule there. So when I put that video up, I made sure to put a picture of that with it. So that way everyone could see where all the places is going if they found my video so they could get a, maybe a heads up. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, I do recall as a quick aside, uh, in the guest house, very beginning of the game, you're, you've gone through the kitchen. You haven't found Mia or any of the family yet. Uh, it's just really creepy and oppressive. And on the wall, uh, there is a, a bass. There's a fish that has been mounted on the wall. And for whatever reason, when I was playing through the game on my stream, I thought of Billy the Bass, like the big mouth, <laughs> big mouth Billy Bass. You know, yeah, did you make me it to sing? The river. Uh, <laughs> and for whatever reason, that's how that's kind of similar to you asking them to stop. That's how I got through that is that like periodically i'd just be like take me to the river <laughs> okay but really quick before we move on <laughs> um when i was playing so before i resident evil 7 came out and i i went to i decided to replay through the demo um but i didn't realize that they had released a new part of the demo Ooh. uh that added things onto it and you could actually escape in this this version of the Ooh. demo um i didn't realize that that had been added in and so uh suddenly these new areas of the house had opened up and i was so scared because i didn't know what to expect <laughs> and so there's one scene of me going down the stairs um to the basement to try and find the uh, i don't remember what you find down there but um you go down the stairs and you bump into like all the hanging bodies oh, in yeah. the bags and stuff um and as i was going down those stairs i also have this up is me um going down the stairs singing we're going down down in an earlier round but like scared so i was like we're going, we're going down 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 we're going down swinging so scary i love it i love it all right so we've talked about some of these days uh let's see here or, uh, how about you, Haskell? Do you got a uh, horror game that you really enjoy that pops into your head? Now, hopefully, changes stuff in this razzmatazz. Hmm. You talking to me? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Sorry, I misheard I that. didn't know who he was talking to, so. <laughs> okay, good. Was it just me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I see. So you want to know, like, my first introduction or just the games that make me love them? Whichever. Whichever you want to do. Pick one. kind of had one. a weird relationship with horror games. I was discouraged to play them, and the more I was discouraged, the more I wanted to play them. And it was a Silent Hill screensaver that my brother had downloaded against my parents' wishes. And it, played, and it plays the theme song, and it just had like images and i was like mm -hmm. i love this i love it i need to find it i know and then i, and then the, I played I it and then the... i was just hooked on all the horror games and the ones that really i play and i love and i've always loved that have stuck with me for years is the frictional games namely penumbra overture penumbra black plague and amnesia the dark descent they i know they've been talked to talked about you know till the cows come home but well, they're so different it's but the, you haven't talked about that is true the thing 
Okay, people, uh, things jumping out and going uh, boogie boogie boo at me. It, it, yeah, it startles me, but I don't get scared. Oh, and crap is just very ominous. It's very atmospheric. It's very tension based. And then there's that big pop. Mm -hmm. That's what sticks with me. And that's what these Amnesia and Penumbra games were. And I actually have notes. I have notes. She was ready for this. <laughs> I was ready for it. That makes one of us. <laughs> I came with my brain, and uh, that's that's gonna be a fun. I can't remember. That is going what. to be a fun. That is more prepared than I am. <laughs> What's a brain? Listen, I suffer from can't remember shit syndrome. So, <laughs> and I actually wrote. I I was kind of. I'm gonna read you this first paragraph I wrote down because I was kind of <laughs> drunk when I wrote it down. I, I'm here for this TED talk. Oh. That sounds like my college days. So I, <laughs> so I started with amnesia again, just to play through, just to get the feel, bring those feelings back. Amnesia was released in 2010. It was available on PC, Xbox, PS4. Again, it's by Frictional Games. You can still get it off Steam. It's wonderful. I love it. So just the beginning thing where it's showing you the you have to fight it, don't fight the enemies, you have to hide everything, and then there's just like this tunnel and the ah, and then ah, I wrote, the beginning tip screen looks like auntie's colon, the music standard sounds spooky, but the little ah part just sounds like obnoxious band kids driving back and forth. Well, damn. I'm here for Sammy's reviews. <laughs> Don't drink, kids. No, drink. This is picture of just a bunch of bad, freaking pot choir kids in a van just going up and down the street. <laughs> Did you see a passenger? Ah! <laughs> oh, yay, alcohol. Anyway. This choir competition has gotten really weird. <laughs> the choir kids won and they got drugs and now they're being obnoxious. And I'll just read you the notes from, like, the first, I want to say, 45 minutes of the game that I wrote. The, in the introduction is very interactive, but it doesn't hold your hand. That's one thing I really like, is it doesn't hold your hand. You have to actually think about it. No matter how frustrating it can be. I love those. You got to think about it. It says, when you try to go out the first double doors, it's unsettling for unsettling and then the doors in the hallway will be blown open there's one that gets slightly pushed open so you have that urge to be like oh what's in this room and then immediately a gust of wind comes and just blows all the lights out you hear this ungodly shriek not really a shriek it's more just like a, a whale a whale of this thing and you're like oh god is there a monster there's no monsters anywhere Let's see. It's sometimes more comforting to have a monster that shows up because you're like, oh, you did this. I got it. Well, because sometimes there's nothing scarier than your imagination. What we can imagine can sometimes be worse than what we're shown. So if we're shown something, we're like, oh, okay, at least I have an, a visual to put well, to it. Well, and part of it, too, is like, if you can see it, then you know where it is. If you can't see it, then you don't know where it's going to come from. And that's a very different kind of fear. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I also wrote cockroaches. Because you go into another room to grab something, something happens, you, you, you're looking at the wall, you pick the item up, you hear another, 
or something, you turn around and you start hallucinating cockroaches on the floor. And you're like, mm, hate that. And it's not necessarily a new thing, but they also implemented, you know, the what Call of Cthulhu did, where you stay in if you stay in the dark too long. If if I'm remembering this right, if you stay in the dark too long, you lose your mind. You got to stay in the light. I know Eternal Darkness did that as well. Oh, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah. I want to talk about eternal darkness. <laughs> so I can appreciate that mechanic because because you also are limited on your tender boxes, your lamp oil, so you have to ration and you have to inventory manage all that. Well, and it feels like not a lot of people do that anymore. It feels like like survival horror is less about survival anymore. And so a lot of it feels like I don't know. It a lot of stuff does end up hand holding because, like, I don't know. I just I feel like a, <laughs> games didn't used to do that. I feel similarly about like Final Fantasy, and I won't get into it, but because that's not what this is about. But the old ones didn't hold your hand. They didn't say like, "Oh, this is where you need to go," or "This is what you need to do." Here's a here's an arrow on screen to show you what you have to do. It was just like. Have fun, figure it out. And I don't feel like we get that a lot anymore. And so when you're left to your own devices, it's like, what do I do? <laughs> how do how do I get past this? Good adventures go left. <laughs> as and you know, the one thing I love about fictional games, especially like Penumbra, Black Plague. Sorry, I'm gonna jump back and forth between those games. But there's a lot of like chemical puzzles, like an overture to get to the next bit because the whole thing is underground you are underground is subterraneous you are just going down 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 leaning around sugar we're going down singing <laughs> i've got the words swinging yeah so in the first one you have to there is a morse code puzzle so you have to either know morse code or you need to look up how to translate that to get the door code oh so they really don't do any hold hand holding oh yes there's also there's parts where there are these demon-like dogs that just want to kill you and spiders and subterranean giant worms that are as big as vans that try to nom on your butt not not liking those <laughs> no because there's also a hallway where you get chased and you and there's an acidic bits you have to do kind of like a jumping puzzle because if you fall in the acid, you take damage. And then if the worm catches up to you, it's just immediately death. It's not fun. So there's that. So before you get to the point where it starts to transition over to Black Plague, you have to make essentially a bomb. So you have to go to one caved-in lab. You have to find all the chemicals. You have to do a refinery process with it. You have to know how to mix them to make... The thing and you have to take it and now here's the great part about it when you take it to where you need to put it you have to walk your character you have to lightly jump because if you're too rough with it it'll explode in your hand and you die like nitroglycerin pretty much yes so i really enjoyed that aspect of it you also have kind of like a crazy navi that sort of helps you out he goes by red he was a, a miner that got I'm going to spoil all these games. He was a miner that got in... Oh, yeah. Heavy oh, yeah. spoiler Lots warning. Lots of spoilers. <laughs> oh, I throw them at the beginning. Oh, God. There's spoilers? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
There's a couple games that I that I want to talk about that I will not spoil for anybody who hasn't played it because I think that they're worth it. But we'll I'll spoil everything. Just like <laughs> So here's my question. How in-depth is that chemical puzzle? Like, is it so bad that if you mix the chemicals wrong... You like, don't get a reaction. You don't get a reaction? No. You have to pay... You have made... You've neutralized everything in there. That's not great. I mean, at least I don't do, like, if you mess up, you have to go find them all again. No, it's just you have to basically pay attention to all the notes that you pick up, especially the chemical notes of... Because it's not all one note. You have to pick up several notes that give you an idea of how to mix this shit so that you can go blow the damn wall up. Because the whole point of your journey down there is you're trying to find your dad. Your dad that went missing, but he was in a secret facility studying these aliens were called the Turngate. It's a hive find. So you're trying to get to your dad and save his ass, even though you hadn't seen him in 30 years. And even he's like, yeah, I don't know why I'm going. I'm just going. And I'm like, wow, Philip, you're stupid, but whatever. <laughs> so then that transitions to Frictional Game, or not Frictional Games, my God, to Plague Plague, which came out. So Overture came out March 20, 2007. Black Plague came out February 2008. Those two were only on PC. And what I really like, so Black Plague was a little more jump scary, but I it still had that atmosphere. And you get another annoying Navi character, and he goes by by Clarence. Yay! So when they opened up this sealed cavern, they let these aliens out, and these aliens are a virus essentially and they're all linked to a hive mind when you get infected with clarence he goes against the grain and he becomes an individual so you're being attacked by these other aliens because they're like oh we have um, a divergent over here and you need to die and again there's uh the chase scenes because they're busting out like the freaking kool-aid man at you <laughs> Let's see, what else did I did? You kind of find out Howard is obviously dead. You know, he's been f fucking dead forever. That's another character, and she goes by Amabel. And you never get to see her face, you only hear her voice. And she helps kind of guide you around the facility. And tells you, hey, there's this... There might be a key card in this room, you have to go look. And then, you know, aliens pop out and come and get you and shit. They have crowbars. I hate it. I hated it. I was sad and I cried. The one thing I did appreciate. Wait, does the alien have the crowbar that's trying to beat you? Yes. They come at you. They got flashlights. They got crowbars. Because they were still humans. So they still have kind of human like attributes. But it's all a hive mind. I don't like being that guy. I'm out. And what's, what's really is you're also fighting against Clarence in your brain because like he will make you see things that aren't there. He causes you to kill Amabel because he makes you hallucinate that there's a another alien in front of you trying to kill you. So you grab a box and you smash its head. It's actually Amabel who has been helping you. And you're just like what the hell did I just do? So then you're even more, I need to get this little piece of shit out of my brain. And here comes the other chemi chemistry puzzle. You have to go around, you have to find 
where she find this note that Amabel actually wrote for you to get you a cure, you have to go to the other side of the facility, find all these chemicals, go to the device, put the chemicals in right, and then you have to put in this code. But here's the kicker, and here's the one that made me cry. There is a note saying that the keypad was put in wrong, so all of the code is backwards. So then you have to figure out what that code oh is initially, <laughs> and then you have to figure out the reverse of that code, and then you can kill yourself. <laughs> and then the and then the cherry on top of all of this is you end up curing yourself. Clarence gets his own body. Clarence dies because it's like you know. And this is one of the most unsettling things that it gives me gave me nightmares is they all come down this hallway and they're just muttering there cannot be one, there can only be us all. There cannot be one, there can only be us all. Jeez. That reminds me of an yes. old oh, what is it? It's uh it's a line in the Bible. It's what it's a demon that Jesus has to deal with, or multiple of them, and it's a, like one of the most famous lines out there, and it's, oh, we are, are one, we are legion. We are legion. Yeah, legion. We are legion. I'm like, alright. We are legion and we are many. That's what it is. We are legion we are yeah, many. Mass Effect also has, uh, <laughs> Mass Effect also has some scary moments, including legion, yeah. but legion. It's like, anyway, ah! that's... <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the cherry on top of Black Plague was <sighs> these aliens are just jerks. So they're like, hey, we know you just went through hell and you had to drink a bunch of chemicals and all this crap, but um, we're gonna put you through a trial. So yeah, I don't want a test. <laughs> so you get put through all these tests again, um, physics puzzles. There's a dude that's high and asks for a pipe. Well, that's pretty obvious. It is the funniest thing in the world. He, it's it's a pipe to pry a door open, but the way he says it, he goes, hey, man, pass me that pipe, hey? <laughs> and I'm like... The voice what? actor was not given the correct Holy. line direction on this. <laughs> was not. So you go through all that crap, and they're like, okay, well, you know, you seem like kind of cool, but we can't actually let you leave, so uh, you're just going to stay in this underground facility and... and yeah, whatever. And he couldn't be turned because he had those chemicals inside him. So essentially, they're like, "Well, you're not an asshole, but you know, we're still going to leave you to die." Nice. And it ends. And it ends with you. And uh, I love and hate this ending. It ends with just an email that you're sending to someone and telling them about this and saying, "If you end up coming to this facility." kill them all kill all of them and then it just ends do the damn thing it's like kill them all am i am i have i talked too much no this is good okay (laughs) um okay can i jump back to amnesia real fast yeah go ahead jump back (laughs) (laughs) i almost forgot about that not a pun i'm just saying that that happened (laughs) The, the creatures in amnesia give me nightmares to this day and if you've seen the amnesia creatures, you can't look at them because you'll go crazy. There's the grunt with like the mouth pulled down and just these big clawed hands, and they, you know, smack at you, thinking, you know, you're badminton. Then there is this other grunt 
And he's got, and it freaks me out because he's got like this big cleaver where his arm should be. He'll kill you in one hit. His face is also, the mouth is vertical with teeth, but you never really get a good look at him. And then the third one that always creeps me out is the water monster. It's invisible. And it comes at you. Oh, I always hear, so I haven't played Amnesia, but I always hear that the water room is like the worst. It is. And it is because I don't know what it, it means, it, but when I play Amnesia, I'll find out. So it is all flooded. Do you want? Is it okay if I talk about? Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you want it to be a surprise? Well, actually, that's up to Liz on that one. She. Uh... <laughs> um. Uh. Can I keep that one as a surprise? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. No worries. Let's just say it's freaky, and what you have to do to get out of there is just like. It'll give you anxiety. Yay! Because I have, I don't have enough of that. <laughs> but I love yeah, horror I, game anxiety. I do so love that. Legend of Zelda doesn't have the um, uh, specifics of being the only water temple puzzle no one likes. <laughs> this is just like it's not mm-hmm. like a hard to get out of. It's just very stressful because if you fall off a box into the water, you touch the water at all, you're gonna get got. Let's see. I wrote another. Too many notes. I wrote too many notes. I always freaking do this. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I wrote down just kind of a synopsis of why the game is also kind of scary and why the. Actually, you know what? No, Liz has not played it. I'm not going to go into it. I appreciate you. Let's just say the ending. There are three endings. One is like. Well, that was fucking pointless. The second one is very <laughs> F you, Alexander. And the third one is personally my favorite, but again, I don't want to spoil it for you, so there you go. So it's spoopy. It get, It's just so atmospheric, and I, even to this day, I haven't even gotten to the first uh, reveal of the bad guy, the first grunt that comes at you. I'm still just like, <laughs> that's okay I'm, i liked this I liked, it was fun um but kai man let's see what you've got under the hood on this one well what i'd like to do is rewind because what i like to talk about has already been mentioned um while my introduction to horror was uh, a different game which was phantasmagoria um the Ooh. i've been I want some thoughts on that one. We might come back to that. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I have a whole list of games right here. Uh, in fact, you mentioned Legend of Zelda. Majora's Mask could even fit in this. Um, but Majora's Mask is pretty creepy. It really is. It really is. At the top of my list is easily Silent Hill. Oh, very nice. Uh, yes. So much so that I'm sure that anybody who listens to this has already heard of it um how, how can you not really but um silent hill is the game that um it wasn't my introduction to horror but it is what sparked my love of horror games that's fair um i remember playing through silent hill and i was uh it was weird because Silent Hill 1 freaks me out more than any than a lot of the other Silent Hills. Like 2, 3, 4, and uh, the room. 1. 
scares crap out of me. I think uh, one, two, and three, I think, are like the peak of the Silent Hill horror. And I, like, I don't want to get into all of the stuff like Team Silent games are better than the rest, blah, blah, blah. Like, I still enjoy the other titles, but I think that they the first three really just had horror down to an art. Agreed, agreed. And I think I think um three or two I think had some of the most interesting uh horror moments because they're like the first time when you're in the apartments and you're just walking down the hallway and you there's there's no build up, there's no tense music, there's no nothing. You just turn a corner, go down a hallway and suddenly there's bars in the middle of the hallway and pyramid head on the other side nothing else no lead up no nothing and it's not you don't expect it because he's just suddenly there and that's so creepy to me because you're like oh my god i'm gonna run into that guy (laughs) you don't know when yeah you don't know when you don't know how but you're gonna run into that guy um and and part of that atmosphere of course with the first silent hill game is the limitations of the playstation um which you know, in 1999, uh, a lot of games, you know, you see they try to push the system to their limits. That's kind of a big deal in mm-hmm. gaming, and you know, with graphics the way they are today, that's uh, th- there's really no upper ceiling anymore. Um, but with the original release of Silent Hill, because of the limitations, they decided to turn that into a feature and make the town the main character of the game. Um, I think that's important. You, know, you have heavy, heavy fog and heavy darkness in order to allow the game to actually even run in the first place. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was actually something that, um, because the draw distance was too far and it was taxing the, the PlayStation, they actually had to, um, they they put the fog in there to so that things can load incrementally. <laughs> yeah. It's not the first game to do stuff weird things like that. Like, honestly, if you want to, no, I think every everyone has to work around like but, the limitations um, yeah. of the console. But, but the, yeah. the uh, trick is to make it so seamless that it fits with your game. Uh, even if you go back in the history, yeah. that's how Super Mario worked originally. It was incrementally loading from the sides, so that way it would, so that way it made it look like everything was seamless, even though it's not. Um, Resident Evil, the first one. Part of why you could only go yeah. one direction too was that it wasn't going to load what was behind you. It's only loading one spot, one area. Exactly. And then um, Resident Evil did something similar to that. That was the original reason why they had the doors the uh, the way that because they're oh yeah because they're the load screens which have gotten very cleverly disguised in newer games. But we're getting a little. But off. back to um, <laughs> Silent Hill though. Silent Hill did it so well with that fog that you still are scared trying to go travel from place to place. Because you don't know what's in there. There was also... Yeah, and not just that, though. Like, um, it's not just that. It's also that, um, like, that became part of the Hmm. town now. That's a whole thing about the town. Um, And I think that's really neat because it was just something that was um, to help with Mm -hmm. load times and to, you know, keep things in check. And now it is a staple of that town. And that's so cool. You're 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 running through the town, you know. In the first game, you're looking for the main character Harry. You're looking for his daughter, 
um, and all you've got is you know the quiet town itself, the sounds of the monsters in the fog that you can't see, and the radio that screams at you every time the monsters are nearby. If you remember to turn the radio on, you don't even have to have the radio on. <laughs> true, true. True, true. You could just be going through there blind, yeah. I guess is the best way to do it. Covered in super thick fog and you have no idea what's coming out of there. Yeah, I don't need a, a war- <laughs> early warning system. I mean, once they, at least once they use the radio against you um, in the school, uh, you enter you know, a dark room, your radio's going off, you can't see what's coming at you, and all of a sudden you hear a loud squeak. It turns out that the the monster that's in the room with you is completely harmless. <laughs> I hated that so much. Um, I remember, I think it's RE2, or not RE2, sorry, a Silent Hill 2, because of me going through Silent Hill 1, I was always on edge until I could find a large metal pipe in my hands. All of a sudden, I'm just <laughs> a lot more comfortable moving around. Yeah. Looks like me and old Rusty's back in the game again. <laughs> so I found that first one that always stuck with me is when you're running down the road and you just hear flap, flap, flap. <laughs> yep, exactly. And I'm like, ah, and you don't know where it's coming from unless it's coming straight toward your head. The second game just expanded on the town itself so much. Um, the one major spoiler that I would reveal with Silent Hill 2 is that you come to find out that each person that you interact with in Silent Hill is seeing the town completely differently. That was so freaky of a reveal, though. That's such a cool reveal to me. Like, I think it's That's, with Laura, or not Laura, sorry, Angela, where you really realize what the heck is going on. Vincent. Dick. I also love how that's kind of become a point of contention with people because there are some people who think that he was just messing with Heather, but some people like, like when he goes, I'm just kidding. Some people think he was actually kidding while some people are like, uh, maybe he was like actually (laughs) just trying to be like, Oh shit. That's how you see them. It would be so weird though. Like, because if, uh, and I, I, I follow with that philosophy and it's, there's probably, even though it's a, a small town, there's probably a group of friends driving through the town. None of them have any problems. They just go straight through the Silent Hill. No <laughs> problem whatsoever. Well, and that's the thing is like Silent Hill used to be Silent Hill used to be a vacation town. It right. used to be a vacation resort. And um, you can go through Silent Hill and not have anything happen to you. It's it's a pretty specific set of circumstances that bring you there. Mm-hmm. And it kind of varies from person to person. Like James didn't realize that he felt like he wanted to be punished or that he needed to be punished or what have you. Um, he just, you know, it was like a subconscious thing. And so it happened. Yeah. Two, I really like, uh, one, I like because of its fear factor and they just amped it up with one of the limitations. Two, I liked it because it had an interesting psychology behind it. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, I'm happy you said psychology because I I have a weird analogy for what that town was doing. It's like this town is almost like an extreme therapist, just going through this, this <laughs> crazy crap to make you come to terms with what is messing with you. 
and meeting your demons, so to speak. Yeah, but then, you know, the therapy you need afterwards to <laughs> get past well, that, the that's, fact. That's, that's not in his insurance plan. <laughs> he has to go to a, he's, he needs a referral to that. And <laughs> yeah. do that. Trust me, you get through the first therapy, you'll get the referral for the second one. Yeah, because like, I'm sorry, are you going to go to sleep and not see all those monsters just because you've come to terms with your trauma? Look, no. he signed a waiver! <laughs> Survival is not mandatory. <laughs> he knew the risk! Of course he knew the risk. So it's not even a, it's a weird semi-spoiler. It just freaked me out the first time getting there. You get to the right before the final boss and they're like, hey, remember that save point you have? Here's like nine of them. At this point, that's on you for skipping that. <laughs> uh, and I'm sitting there going, oh, because they don't give you nine save points at the, at the row. All of a sudden, I'm me and old Rusty here is a little scared of what's coming up next. Yeah, without without auto saves and without like well, and without save states <laughs> or the <laughs> or the PC version where you can just uh, hit save at any time. Yeah, it mm -hmm. gets really uh, intense. That's intense. That's intense right there. I actually had um, Benny watch a Silent Hill two walkthrough, so he he like I just want to say he really liked the story and he appreciated it, and it scared him too. Yeah, it's because it's really good. <laughs> it doesn't be scary, yo. I did have a, a list of uh, other games, just as a quick honorable mentions, if you'd like. Yeah, let's see if yeah, go for it. Um, Fatal Frame yes. is definitely one of my tops. Fatal I have Frame not gotten two. to play. I, I liked Fatal Frame 1 story-wise. I, I think Fatal Frame 2 is superior, um, but it's because I, I didn't like, I don't know, I didn't like the ending of 1, but <laughs> Um, yes, I agree. Those are some of the games, those are some horror games that I can't play because they scare me too much. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's something about them that I'm like, I can't do it. Also, uh, <laughs> Clock Tower and uh, System Shock 2. I was going to bring up Clock Tower. Clock Tower's gotten, uh, Clock Tower was the first uh, PlayStation one, and it isn't until years later that I find out that Clock Tower actually was a Super Nintendo game when it first mm -hmm. came out. Same mechanics, too. It's a point. Yep, just uh, just with the limitations of the hardware, it's all like side perspective versus the, you know, more um, isometric kind of setup that you get out of the PlayStation One. Yeah, because Clock Tower's on my list. Clock Tower, the one that I played, was the one for the PlayStation, nineteen ninety six, um, and it was one or two, uh, one, because <laughs> it's weird because you have Clock Tower, then Clock Tower One. Then Clock Tower 2, because the original Clock Tower is on the SNES, um, yep. which I tried to play that, but I couldn't get it to work right. But I think that that was just a lost in translation sort of thing. Clock Tower for the PlayStation, though, that one did scare the crap out of me because they have an RN Jesus survival system. Yeah, yeah. I think isn't the the time you have between encounter starts and when he actually gets to you if you're inside of a different room, isn't that time frame like randomized? So like it could be sooner than you would expect or later, even if you took the same route. So in Clock Tower, for those who haven't played it, there is a one specific villain that you're dealing with, and his name is Scissors Man. Scissor Walker. Very appropriate. Is it Scissor Walker or yeah. Scissor Man? I've heard it both. Oh, yeah, because I, oh. I backed the um the spiritual successor. So I like walked through all of that. I've I've got a physical collector's edition for PC. Okay, look, I just want to say one thing about that guy's look. 
he looks like the lead singer from ACDC in the boy school boy outfit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god, ACDC's coming to get me! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you know in Australia they they say Akadaka instead of ACDC? <laughs> I didn't. I, for some reason, believe that. I, it's I true. I, I, <laughs> Leo's like, hold on, I gotta yeah. look this up. I'm, no, it's uh, <laughs> the, the, the singer, Angus Young. That's his name. Angus Young is the one that dresses in the schoolboy outfit. Um, that was going to bother me. So the thing is that he comes around with a giant pair of scissors. But much like Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th movies, that's it. One guy. He's running around trying to find you. And your only real defense in there is to hide in a... Uh, just hide. And hope that he doesn't take a shot and gamble and decide to stab you all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, through the hiding spot. Hiding is not guaranteed, either. Yeah, like, he could check under the bed if you hide under the bed. And if he does, he's just going to stab the bed kind of thing. Or he could check the closet that you chose to go into and just stab you through the door. <laughs> or, my personal favorite, I went through, the uh, in the first stage, I, I hid in the locker room. He walks past the locker I, I'm at. Takes a back step and stabs through the locker. Doesn't even take a second to try to look. Just guns it. Yeah, but he can do that kind of stuff even if you're not hiding there. And you can, like, watch him do those things to all these other areas. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's extra scary because you're like, oh, I thought about going in there. That would have sucked. <laughs> Honestly, he also has one of the most, of my personally most satisfying and laugh out loud hilarious de uh, times that you can beat him. Because it's not until, like, later in the game, you're in the castle, and there's a door there, and you can use the door to hide at, because this is uh, what they used to call a suicide door. A door to nothing. Buildings in some construction places will have a door that's built, but there's nothing on the other side. It's usually because a building is built, like, either really large, and they demolish the other half. And so they just leave the door there because there's no reason to get rid of it. And usually the only people that are going to go to a third to a fifth story door on that is the people who already own the building who already know about it. And but sometimes they don't block it off. It's um, so what happens is that there's a is that he can come at you. But if you time it weirdly right, he sees the door is open, but the game's programming doesn't let him stop going to that door. So he walks <laughs> forward and it just looks very Looney Tunes as he just walks forward and just walks off the entire cliff of this building. Also, depending on how you hold him off, uh, hold him back, like if you manage to um, kick him and run, depending on which way you go, he might actually just uh, uh, it increases or decreases the time frame for when they'll be uh, when he'll be coming back. So after yeah. he falls off that door in that third area, he's not back for 10, 15 minutes. It's the longest time frame that you can get him to uh, to never show up again. Yeah, My assumption is that he's trying to get up the stairs, and it's a lot of stairs. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some weird, goofy little things, like like in a similar aspect in the, uh, the spiritual successor, which was called Night Cry, um, which is, it just is a clock tower game. That's what it is. Like, there's no getting around it. Um, and there's a couple of things that always really stood out to me in terms of strange when it came to, you know, shooing him away. Uh, one of them being that you can, 
just spray him with a fire extinguisher. And then he'll freak the hell out and turn tail and sprint away. Like, holy crap, he is terrified of CO2. Um, But then there's another area where you can, like, he's, like, traversing some water coming at you. And you can drop a live electrical wire in it and zap him. And it's like, no, he, when you do that, he's like, oh, geez, fine. Okay, I'll leave. And he turns around and just slowly sombers away. It's like, I mean, I mean, there's two sides to look at this, you know, it's like, it could be, yeah, he's been electrocuted. So he's stumbling, which, you know, I get, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it would be more accurate if he was like, oh shit. And turned tail and ran that one. It's like CO2. You can just, man, whatever, but no, (laughs) It's just fairies. All right, Kai, I just wanted to make that mention because it was on my list of games that freaked the crap out of me. That was one of them. Oh, absolutely. And I'll also say that uh, now is a good time for indie horror games. Oh, yes. The independent ones. Are, there are uh, good indie horror games out there. Look for them. <laughs> oh, before we get to the indie, there is one I wanted to mention. Um, One that... Bioshock. Bio... Is Bioshock a horror game? Is I have one to mention too that I I really love, but so just uh, just let me know and it's okay for me to yeah. talk again. Also, Bioshock's not indie; it's two uh, <laughs> K. I know, but you but like you said before, we go oh, to indie. I said fair, Bioshock. Fair. Is Bioshock a horror game? The first one, absolutely. Yes. I would say so. Okay. Yeah, Infinite is. Oh, not. Okay, so the first one, yes. Yeah, okay. and two is borderline not. I think. Yeah, I've only played two once. It's That's, fine, yeah. but I love the first one. The first one is definitely a horror um, game. The ones I wanted to say, because it, this won't get a whole lot of play, um, the Nintendo, the original NES, actually has horror games for it. They're just not very scary because of how they designed the limitations on it. However, there is two that I know of that have freaked me out personally. One is the original Friday the 13th NES game. And it's... Le- it's the scary part to that is sort of the meta-thinking of it. Jason Voorhees is not fighting you. Jason Voorhees is murdering other people because he is moving around the rest of the map while you're moving around the map. He's also moving around when you're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, mechanically speaking, it's an amazing um, device that they tried to put into that system. It's just not a great game. <laughs> it scared me because I'm sitting there, i sweat sweating bullets like, I can't deal with Jason coming uh, coming at me. Okay, he's gone. Oh, I have lost a camper uh, counselor. One of my lives because he went off and murdered him. Well, I wasn't looking. And you could position yourself where you can make it worse and worse for yourself. The other one is Monster Party. Just a brief aside, it's the Madoka Magica of NES games, and I say that because it starts fun. It doesn't to be end fun. <laughs> Because it starts off, you're you're a guy who gets picked up by this demon-looking like thing, and it looks like a fun little like like uh, gargoyle, and it cares to see you away. And you walk around, and you, there's all these flowers everywhere, and there's these little blocks that have uh, that look like they're smiling at you, and that's your background that you look looks like like any kind of regular child children's game. There is a moment. That all hell breaks loose in the entire game scenery. All those flowers, they're now people who's buried uh, alive underground. Those smile faces, they are bleeding out and they are, then they look shocked and chagrined. The bosses are less scary than the entire environment there. That's saying something. And those are both uh, 1989 in the NES. They came out the same year. But yeah, Monster Party, 
even the game grumps, you watch them play it, they just go, oh, this is actually a happy, cute, oh, dear God! And those are the two I wanted to mention real quick. Um, Bioshock and System Shock, yes, if you want to go with that real quick. I want to add one thing about the monster party that just always cracked me up. It's just like, he's just walking home and a freaking pterodactyl comes down and he's like, sup, hi, I know we need to save everything, so let us fuse together and we can go save the world. Just a random kid, just, child, I'm going to fuse with you and we're going to go save the monsters. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, I'd be quiet. <laughs> Um, yeah, so before we move on, Bioshock, and I guess System Shock, similarly to it, are both scary as crap. I also have one, too, but I'll do it after that. Okay. Um, I've never played System Shock, but, um, I have System Shock, too. <laughs> um, Bioshock, though, is one of my favorite games of all time, and, um, I feel like, I don't know that it was, like, super revolutionary, or something, but, like, the story was so good, and so, like, I don't know, there's a couple of times where you get a nice, solid gut punch to the face, <laughs> like, um, or I guess to the gut, um, with the story twists. Um, has everybody here played Bioshock? I have. Yep. Honestly, I think one of Bioshock's really interesting things to itself, its horror comes from like just the shadows, its lighting is amazing. Uh, also... I mean, the enemies are also really scary. I don't think that I wouldn't call Bioshock purely atmospheric. No. Um, because they like the splicers are vicious. Mm -hmm. They're mean, <laughs> um, and they are around. Like I don't think, I don't think that it's all like lighting and atmosphere and stuff. Um, but the it... oh, what was it? Art Deco. What about it? Art style. No, that that's the style it was in the Art Deco. That's very different. Oh, you mean like the the game style? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's like kind of the time. But anyway, the the mm -hmm. whole ending of Bioshock with um with Andrew Ryan was one of the like. There's the two the two twists and like major spoilers for the end of one of my favorite games of all time. Um, finding out that um. Atlas's Frank Fontaine blew my mind. <laughs> um, I was so mad at Atlas after that. Um, but then, I guess there's like three, because learning that Andrew Ryan is your father, but that you were placed under like that mind control where if somebody says, would you kindly, you have to do what they're asking. You can't do anything else until you do it. Um, and that yeah you were the one that like took over the plane in the beginning because that note asked would you kindly like the whole end of the game i think the final boss fight is kind of like eh, but the whole end of the game is just so well done with how with like the storytelling and the twists and the turns and yeah i love it i loved it so much and i feel like i don't know i was just replaying it a couple weeks ago and there's there's still things like there was one room that I never really figured out how to get into totally optional. Um, and what I went in there to the room, there was a, a, like went to go get like an upgrade or something. And then when I <laughs> turned around, an enemy was right behind me, scared the shit out of me. I didn't know it was there. Didn't hear it come up. And like, I'd never gotten into that room before. So I didn't know about that enemy showing up. <laughs> um, so yeah, like 
I don't know, Bioshock is one of my favorite games. And I think that it's incredible storytelling, incredible atmosphere, um, I don't know, incredible voice acting, like very well earned jump scares. When there is a jump scare, I feel like it earned it. All right, Sam, you said you had one more? Yes, another game that like actually shaped my career as a phlebotomist. So it's called Parasite Eve. It came out in 1998. And for, uh, I love this game so much. I know, right? It's so good. And what, what's really neat about it is it began life as a book, and that came out in 1995. And then there was a movie in Japan. You can still watch it with subtitles. There's just one scene that just makes me blows my freaking mind every single time. I'm just like, power of horny, you know. <laughs> Liz, you know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah, the I have movie. Seen, I haven't seen the whole movie, but I know the part you're talking about in like the the one room with the guy <laughs> and then Eve with his goo baby wife, <laughs> <laughs> and they just like have sex, and I'm like, it's so bizarre and weird too. Like it's it's not even like a it's not even like a sex scene where you're like that's hot. It's a sex scene where you're like I don't I don't get it and I don't like it. <laughs> Come on! Oh my god! It's like she just came out of a test tube, and this looks like snot, <laughs> and came into a woman, and she's all naked. He's like, "Yep, totally need to bang that." <laughs> oh my god! And then after the movie came out, I don't, I don't kink shame, but I kink ask why. <laughs> and then the game came out. And you play, and what was neat was it was like a biology-based horror game, where there's this one entity with the mitochondria, and it's it kind of toes the line because mitochondria are kind of an independent, but not really. They can't just decide they don't want to, you know, they want to take over the nucleus. Which, although one scary thing, I actually learned this in my college book, is if they do kind of decide, hey, we don't want to work for you anymore, you will die. You just die. We, they just quit. They can quit on me. It's there. It's theorized that they can. It's just a theory. That's nothing set in stone. It's just a theory. But let's see. Is you play this cop, and again, the spoilers. But it's been out since 1998. If you haven't played it by now, it's not my problem. <laughs> but also, go play but it right yeah, now. Play it. It's really good. It's, it's a good game. It needs love. I will even say that Paras Parasite Eve Two was a okay game. It was decent, but it was meh. It can't and, hold a candle. We don't talk about we don't talk about third birthday because that <laughs> was just bad. That was a waste of, of time and energy. Well, and also the implications of the like twist in that story are really messed up. I hated it. I hated it. And not in a way where I'm like like I like a good messed up like story, but this one is messed up in a way that is not like it's a not okay. like a fun sort of like <gasps> yeah, it was bad. Yeah, Parasite Eve is much with the horror genre in the same way as Cronenberg uh, films are, where you just have this gis disgusting, weird-looking monster in the end. It's it's body horror, and that's what I really like because it's like these are organisms that live inside us that could that can and sometimes do mess us up, and now we have one that's basically an independent entity that is saying, I'm sick of being controlled by the nucleus, so I'm going to take the nucleus over, and I'm going to shape the world into what I want, which is why uh, people were spontaneous combustion happens, and then there's another scene where the people there essentially turn into this, like, orange, membranous goo substance, you have to fight uh, mutated 
animals. You have to go to these different locations. And again, this is also kind of a non-handholdy. You have to pay attention to what they're saying. You have to pay attention to the hints, so to speak. And it all ends at the, the freaking Statue of Liberty. And after you defeat that, you find out she's pregnant. Well, you found out she was pregnant beforehand. But she, you kill her that physical body. The baby comes to life. Flies over to the ship. And then you have to fight. How many phases was it, Liz? Like, let's see. One. God, I don't remember. I feel like there was probably like four, uh, four phases. Four phases. Different. And uh, I feel it's also four worth phases. mentioning that the soundtrack is really good. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack is very oh. unnerving. Uh, it's actually Yoko Shimamura Ooh. who went on to do Kingdom Ooh. Hearts um, and Final Fantasy XV. And I just am going to say it. I think that she peaked in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> there you hear it now. Not in a bad way. Like Kingdom, Heart Kingdom Hearts and um, Final Fantasy XV soundtracks are good. I just don't think they're as memorable. If you on Twitter have decided to oppose Zombie Hands uh, <laughs> vote, just let Don't at me. Don't at me. <laughs> we are allowed to have some opinions. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's my opinion. That's well, my opinion. I want to say the one thing that I, I hated about those phases is you cannot save in between. If you die, you have to do it all over again. Including Oh no, no. You better save after you kill that woman. Because if you don't and that little baby kills you, you have to go all the way back to your last save. Yeah. Because there's no auto-saving. And then even after you do that, it's still not dead. So it starts to chase you. You're like, oh my god, I gotta blow the ship up. So you have to navigate your way down to the engine room, face roll on the buttons to cause a terminal like explosion. I don't even know if I'm using the right words. I don't know. Anyway, so you have to blow the damn ship up. All the while, you have to traverse. If you go in the wrong direction and you hit a dead end and it gets to you, you're dead. If you can somehow juke it, good for you. But more likely, you're dead. You have to start back over. And then the ship blows up and everyone's traumatized and then the game ends. Alright, now onward to indie games! Hooray. I have... I have two, but I will t take a break from, I'll rest my vocal cords. Yeah, indie horror. I've got two in mind as well, but I'm pretty sure Kai's got one of them. I'll let you drive on that one, Kai. Man. Well, um, God, where to start with the indie horror games? Because there are so many good ones. Mm, um, that's true. There are, uh, th there is one that I want to mention, even though I haven't played it. And I know that's breaking the rules a bit here. Um, but I've seen a playthrough. It's called Lost in Vivo. Huh. Um, it's fairly new, uh, small development, and it's inspired by Silent Hill, of course. Um, but it does have that psychological aspect to it. My f first experience probably with, with the indie horror games is Yume Nikki. New one on me. Yume Nikki was... I. Uh it's you may make these kind of like a not old but it's like one of the original ones that came out of um rpg exactly. maker um and was like one of the first that kind of revolutionized rpg maker horror games um the horror in it is not like as direct there's no uh sense of the plot itself uh you you kind of have to determine it for yourself um, the only thing that you know is that your character won't leave her room um, except when she's dreaming. 
Yeah, and that's another game that doesn't hold your hand at all. You have to go out and explore. And it's incredibly abstract sometimes. Infuriatingly so. <laughs> there is one I wanted to bring up on the basis that a lot of uh, horror games are typically single player. However, the one that I'm thinking of, and this is fairly recent, Phasmophobia, scares crap out of me, multiplayer experience. I played it with with nearly everybody here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it's good to ha- it's good to have a game that actually scares me again. Mhm. The thing with it I thought was interesting is that um in development, a lot of it, of games and such that are like that will sort of if they're a horror genre may not be horror until you hit a point because their fear factor isn't like they didn't understand how their mechanics are going to work or something to that extent. I was playing with Day the other uh, 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 some time ago, and I'm scared. Dane's scared. Kai's trying to to cheer us on. And one of my favorite things is Rob is apparently got a a will of iron as he goes into the basement of an asylum because nobody else wants to get down there. It was scary, but yeah, phasmophobia is an interesting one because it is a you you have fear on a multiplayer experience. And for anyone who hasn't played Phasmophobia, you're basically trying to identify what ghost is haunting this area. And to do so, you have to use certain tools to attract the ghost. Um, However, it has a very cool sound mechanic, I think is the best way to describe that, where your interactions with with the in-game microphone, the in-game sound system, will make it so that the ghost will come in and out, speaks to you. It's weird when it uh, when you have a radio that just all of a sudden randomly starts spouting stuff at you, and it's angry at you. <laughs> um, there, Some of the tools utilize that audio as well, like the directional microphone. You can hear various things. Um, there's the spirit box, where the ghost will directly respond to your questions if it's the right type of ghost. My personal favorite, and Kai was, uh, was with me when this happened, I got scared so much that even though you, you don't start with a flashlight, you actually have to pick one up from your toolkit and carry it with you. I got scared by this ghost so much, this ghost is on its way, coming at me, I panicked and threw my flashlight at it. <laughs> <laughs> But after that, I also ended up, because this particular ghost was attracted to light and electrical sources, so I ended up throwing everything I had in my pockets at out in the, in the mouth. The worst part is, this was one of the newer stages, this was when the camp came out, and I could not remember where I threw everything. I, was I there? I feel like I was. Because this sounds you really familiar. <laughs> ah, You're just dropping everything. It's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, Leo, where's the thing? I don't know. <laughs> but now that's an experience to not only be scared so much that they gave me a button to pa- to panically get rid of things and run away. <laughs> you basically just depanced yourself. You're like, nope, done. Peace out. And then there was when Rob uh, didn't know that the new update had changed the way the, mic- the uh, walkie-talkies had worked. And uh, so he kept cheering me on over the radio while the ghost was hunting and led it right to me. <laughs> <laughs> coming out of the walkie. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! <laughs> oh, it was a it was a good time for that one. But yeah, nothing still can get really freaky really fast for for phasmophobia. Um, it's still developing, as from what I can tell. Yeah, they're constantly updating that. It's virtually a live service game 
Um, I'm trying to see if I can find another indie horror. Finding an indie horror game is not hard. Finding a good indie horror game is... Doki Doki Literature Club! <laughs> that is true. I love that game, okay? <laughs> it's so good. Also, the guy who... Yeah, I was say, uh, speaking, of good, uh, speaking of good horror game soundtracks, Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> I have a... That one is really good. A very silly story. Uh, about Mr. Salvato, the creator of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were at a convention here locally, hanging out. This guy approaches and he's like, oh, hey, you've got my girl. And we were like, yeah, man, cool. You like Doki Doki? That makes sense. I was at a booth that was selling some fan art. Uh, You like Doki Doki? That's cool. Us too. You know, it's a great game. We really enjoy it. And he's like, no, uh, that's that's my character. I, I made that. No idea that this guy was the creator of Doki Doki Literature Club. So we gave him the original, like you do. Yeah, uh, like you do. Yeah, it's just it's funny. Like, oh, you got my girl. We're like, yeah, cool, bro. For sure. You're into that character. He's like, no, like, I created that. That's like, my game. Yeah, man, that's my girl, too. What up? Yeah, because I mean, you know, like, nerds sometimes are like, yeah, that's my favorite character. That's my character. Yeah, like, and they'll have, like, a detachment to it. Like, that's my character. Yeah. <laughs> So we just kind of assumed that was what that was, and it was not what that was. <laughs> I mean, it was, but also it was. It, it was just Monica, for the record. So. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, just Monica. Just Monica. That's all you need. Like, like not for not for nothing, um, and not to be like, oh, I love, like whatever. I love Monica. I if I could have romanced her, I, she was she was the one that I was like, oh my god, I really want to romance Monica. Would you say Liz that um, she was your girl? She's my girl. I love her. I want to cosplay her. <laughs> those of you see, she may be your girl, but you're always Jesse's girl. Uh, it's true. For those of you I who don't Jessie. know who are listening, Doki Doki Literature Club is a slice of life anime themed game in which things very quickly start to go awry. It is very graphic. You get like you get like two, three hours in, and suddenly it's like, oh shit. Yeah, at first you're like, oh, this is just like Japanese, you know, school people hanging out in a literature club and for a oh, minute it's like a it's that it's like a harem thing yeah and, th- and then it's not that it's not that at and all th- i'm not gonna spoil it it's, it's so, worth playing but it so suddenly turns where you're like not expecting yeah. it and then it happens and you're like what and like i know i talk about them a lot but if you want just the purest reaction to that moment just watch the game grumps play it because dan's reaction to that particular moment is so pure and so raw because he had no idea what was coming. I would just like to take this moment to say that uh, Gaming Theater Presents is not endorsed or supported by Game Grumps. <laughs> they don't even know we exist. I'm covering you know? our asses here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are not endorsed. We are not supported. Just, hey, for the right price. But, uh, I just Danny, Aaron, if you're fan. out there, uh, call Hi. us. Call us. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Yes. Uh, Big fan of your uncle's yeah. book, Love Aaron. Them. Oh yeah, I got my signed one the other day. I mean, we will absolutely. Same, yeah. Well, yeah, because we I will take an endorsement anyway. deal, but we are not currently endorsed <laughs> with them. Yeah. Or by them. If we could collaborate with you, that would also be super cool. Yeah, we're down. There we're is down. a very brief moment in Doki Doki where that does uh, ramp up that dread. It gives you that feeling of uh oh, something is horribly wrong, and then it goes completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. And it does it really well. Like, I mean, it's it's sort of insidious in a good way. Like, you think you know how things are going. You think you know how things are, you know, 
plugging yeah, along. Yeah, you think that you're like, ooh, I'm going to romance a cute girl. It turns a corner and you're like, okay, this isn't what I expected. And then it kind of turns. I don't want to romance anyone like anymore. another <laughs> corner, right? Like, and you're just like, I don't, I'm not even sure I know what's going on right now. <laughs> Whatever. I would still romance Monica. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> She's wonderful. I doubt that's not the word I would use. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could go in, I could go on about the like oh. the like weird cosmic horror tragedy that is Monica. Very, very tragic. Gonna. Yes, but also I wouldn't say wonderful. <laughs> I love this her. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting Yeah, okay, wonderful might be a, might be a strong word. I I still love her. Anyway. This this is the weirdest experience because I have Doki Doki. I've been meaning to play it and now I have two sort of opposite forms. You're like, "Oh, she's a wonderful person. Stay away." You don't want none of that. <laughs> like, she's she's a uh, force of personality. Mm-hmm. I, I I I can say that, and the game's great. Like play it, but maybe, maybe don't like ship yourself with the character. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't get too yeah. attached. <laughs> Sayori's my favorite, but I'm a sucker for the uh, childhood fan, uh, childhood friend trope. Um, that is such a good one, and Sayori's so cute and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, getting wrong. mixed signals on this one. Yeah, no. Sayori did nothing she's wrong. Very, she's very sweet and, and very cute. And we'll leave it at that because yes. we don't want to spoil yeah. anything for yeah. any of those characters. Nope. No, that's a good one. I am going to be prepared to be horrified at some point. Leo, I have that game on PC and on Switch if you ever want to borrow the Switch version. I need I, you yeah. to film your reaction, Leo. <laughs> Oh my like, god! When yes. things start to go down, I just need you to set up a camera and just be like, "I will totally watch this." Yeah, yeah, just stream that whole There's ass some game. Gaming theater con- <laughs> presents content for you. I would watch the what hell the, out of that. What the hell is happening? Why is this like this? <laughs> what am I doing here? No one knows. Just, just don't play it on PlayStation because they oh. censored it. Huh? Oh, weird. weird. I wonder if they censored it for the Switch. Nope, they did not. There's one. That I know some people have played, but I haven't played it. Five Nights at Freddy's. I think I know Liz has played that. Oh boy, <laughs> let's not talk about my my weird and long running Five Nights at Freddy's. Stick with the game, like... not the lore. <laughs> hey, hey, Liz, could you just give us a quick like five minute rundown of all the lore and the important plot points, just really fast? I can give you. I can give you something that will set it up as best as I possibly can very basic and that is um serial killer kills children in an attempt to revive his own child the spirits of those dead children get put into the um into animatronics and they hunt night guards because the guy who did that to them disguised himself as a night guard there you go basic premise that is like the most basic that I can give you, and that will lay the foundation for the series. And then after that, you just build off of that. Oh. I'm sorry, which one? Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, okay. Like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, yeah. Serial killers. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, so Five Nights at Freddy's is, it was a very um, interesting kind of indie horror game because that was one where. Uh, it, it got a, it got a lot of copycats because it yes. did something that hadn't really 
I guess, I mean, I don't ever want to say hadn't been done before, but it was something that just kind of revolutionized indie horror um, for a while in the same way that PT did. And everybody suddenly had their hallway simulators that followed the exact same formula as PT. It kind of s- spawned its own subgenre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like hallway simulators. <laughs> um, How does it go? It's uh, uh, copying is the, or. Parody is the, the most sincere form of flattery. Uh, mimicry. 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 I disagree. I disagree, but, but I guess. Well, I guess I, maybe I don't fully disagree, but um, I guess I've had people. Imitation who, is the greatest form of flattery. That's what it is. Me. Yeah. Imitation. I've had, I've had people steal my artwork and, and somebody that I know personally was like, well, they liked your art enough to want to steal it. Isn't that a compliment? And I was like, no, it's not a compliment. No, that makes them a thief. Shut up. Yeah, but... I, I stole your I stole your art, Liz. I'm sorry. I knew it. You, you can just call me out. You have it on the wall. You have it on your wall at home, so... <laughs> Last I checked, anyway. Yeah, um, I paid for it, too. So... Support your artists, everybody. Yeah, support your artists. So, um, Five Nights at Freddy's, you play as a security guard who has to spend... Uh, you go from midnight to 6 a.m. doing the night shift, um, just watching your local Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, which is like a um, Chuck E. Cheese ripoff. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the animatronic, like, the, you've got a, like, um, instructional tapes, and they tell you, how, like, what to look out for. But you essentially just cycle through security cameras. You're in a room that has the security cameras and a door on either side. And when the animatronics get too close to you, you look a little map too. So you can see like where the rooms and the cameras are. Um, but it you have to like look through the cameras to be like, oh, this is where they are. And then when they get to the doors of the, um, of the office that you're in, you have to shut the doors so they can't actually get you. And it's so tense and so creepy because there aren't really any jump scares it's you waiting to be jump scared (laughs) and as long as you're playing the game right like you are building the tension like i've got to make sure like they're out they're right there and that one's right there and that one's over there and this one's over here and oh my god that one's there shut the door and you only really get jump scared if you get caught um and so i feel like it's a really well-earned jump scare in that case um i feel like they do a good job of earning their scares um but then they continue on from there and so then like there's five nights at freddy's too where you have you don't have the doors anymore you've got two vents a big hallway in front of you and a mask and a flashlight and you have to use these in different ways to get the the um the animatronics to leave you alone and then in three you're in a pizzeria in the future Uh, i believe it's 2023 is when that one takes place um same animatronics, same terrible tasting pizza too. <laughs> we don't change the rest of the formula. No, that one's actually um, almost like a it. They, so Freddy Fazbear's burned down, and these people salvaged a bunch of parts from it, and they rebuilt the building back up. But they did it as almost like um, a haunted house. So you're actually keeping an eye on the place after dark or like between midnight and 6 a.m. when it's not open um but otherwise tours can come through and people can you know be like oh this is where the this is where the the security guard would have sat and this is where this would have happened and blah 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 and so it's more like a tour slash haunted house sort of thing um but there's actually only one animatronic you hallucinate all the others but springtrap is the main animatronic in that one um 
and he's scary. He's difficult to get rid of. And then uh, from there, I mean, a lot of it is generally the same, like midnight to 6 a.m., but then sister location, which is one of my favorites. Um, that one actually has you doing like tasks. And then the Pizzeria Simulator, which is free and also one of my favorites because it has one of the best, like, stories, in my opinion, and definitely was a really good cutoff point for the series. Uh, but then the VR games are fantastic. <laughs> so I love the series. I think they're really fun. But, like, I think the they're all really good. But personally, I feel like Sister Location and the Pizzeria Simulator are my favorites. Oh, and then there's Five Nights at Freddy's 4, where you actually play as a child in having nightmares or in their bedroom. And they've got, like, they're not actually having a nightmare. There's the animatronics walking around their house <laughs> and being on top of their bed and in their closet. And it's real creepy because, like... These are things I, too, have. Therefore, I can be scared by it. I have a closet and I have an under my bed. I don't want this. <laughs> Yes. I don't like it. So, yeah, I I love the Five Nights at Freddy's game games and I I love the lore for them. I think that they're very interestingly done. Five Nights at Freddy's and PT both came out in the same year, 2014, but Five Nights at Freddy's is PC mostly at this point. Um PT Uh Five Nights at Freddy's is actually on consoles now. Oh yeah, that's right. It's um consoles now. and it, it yeah, it's um They've got like the like on Switch they have like a collection and they're on mobile devices too. And in fact there is an AR game that I didn't really play much. Um, but there's an AR game um on the phone. So that one is yeah, that one is uh kind of all over the place now. It did start PC only. And then yeah, PT is PS4 now, only, only. And it's only <laughs> available to people who didn't delete it. Like me. <laughs> I, I still have it. Yeah, PT was up, and then it was down, and it was out. Um, but that has to deal more with uh, Konami removing it, amongst other things. There's a whole lore yeah. to that, but that is not horror-based, unless you're coaching. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> it's horror to the fans, <laughs> yeah. but um, that was just a shit show that happened regarding um, the um, PlayStation Network. I forget. I've been. Uh, if we're talking indie, there's one that I managed to get hands on, but it was for, and this is a very recent one. It was um, World of Horror. If anybody's actually played that one, so World of Horror is a horror game, but it's based. It's weird because it's almost like a point-click adventure game, like just choose your own adventure story type thing. Kind of like a visual novel. Visual novel. That's the word I was looking for. So it's a visual novel on there, but the big key to that is that the uh vi is that it's designed in a way so that way it would be the art's uh, heavily heavily inspired by the horror manga artist Junji Ito. Mm -hmm. That dude's got something wrong upstairs. I'm just saying. It was <laughs> a weird thing because I'm like, oh, because uh, I'm not big into horror games or a horror genre. I just keep falling into there for some reason. Man, I'd never want to see a horror movie like uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, Friday the 13th song. I'll just check it out. What's the... Oh, man. Tricked me again. It's also weird because one of the... One of the film genres that... <laughs> or not genres, but series that I love is Evil Dead, and that's a horror th th title series. I don't can't explain all this. But um, this, I actually fell in love with because I'm creeped out by the artwork. <laughs> like, nobody's business. There is one of the stories that you have to deal with is this guy 
who you're trying to in- investigate and figure out what's going on with this person. After so much exploration, it turns out he has holes in his back and bugs are coming out of all those holes. And I just went, I'm out. I don't need this in my life. Because <laughs> um, that really scares me, having random holes with bugs in it. In your body. You, that's not a place where, where that should be. And Ito's artwork is different. And for a modern game, it's designed entirely in black and white. Which is... That's a whole aesthetic. And we can get into... We might get into that at some point where artwork and color choices make a whole world of difference in, in different horrors and genres and such. Red means scary. <laughs> Or an explosive. Well, in a horror game, usually if something's red, it means that it's supposed to be scary up ahead. Yeah. I know we're kind of flying in and out from indie horrors. Uh, one I wanted to get back to, though, before we get around with that, uh, just because we mentioned it, but we never get yet to explore, is Eternal Darkness. This was originally for the GameCube back in 2002. Um, Eternal Darkness, I have to call it a psychological horror versus a traditional horror, because that is, it's designed, the whole game is designed to mess with you. So, just for an example for it, you play as a, a set of random characters which are running through the same storyline, trying to explore this eldritch type of evil that's in there. But that the evil force that's in there is messing with your head, and the game interprets that by messing with your stuff. You can enter one random room, and all of a sudden, your control scheme's backwards. You can enter another room, all of a sudden, it's upside down. But then there's also things like, it'll tell you your controller's unplugged, right, as enemies are coming to attack you. Or, I got one that said that my save was corrupted. Um... That's a nightmare. <laughs> One where um, suddenly my character's head fell off and I had to carry my head around. <laughs> um, uh, my favorite was when I was healing and then I just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> I had one where um, I turned into an enemy uh, and I was walking around as an enemy and... Uh, their limbs started falling off. Yep. Uh, one that yeah, that's I, a good one too. So when I got to play it, uh, one of them was uh, the volume was going from uh, was getting super loud and super quiet. It was just flipping in and out. It turned its uh, it turned itself all the way down, and we were we were all looking at each other to see who was sitting on the remote. <laughs> yes, there's my sister and I did that. Um, there's also if you have the volume up loud enough. Um, there will be a knock and it'll make it sound like somebody's knocking at your door. Um, but then you go to check and nobody's there. It's always fun to see what it got you with the volume one it got me with, because there are green bars that go across the screen. And at the time, the TV that I was using had that exact same bar system. So I didn't even know that that was, uh, so we're just looking around trying to figure out what is going on here. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I feel so bad because eternal darkness is one of those games you want a sequel for because so few games do that kind of interaction where they're trying to mess with you as the player. Yeah, I don't even know that like a sequel would be necessary, but I think a sequel or a remaster or I mean not even a remaster, a remake would just be kind of cuz the the IP is so lost and who owns what and who's going to do what with it and whatever. So, I feel like uh, even if we're not going to ever get a remake or a sequel or something. I just feel like that's something that people can learn from mm-hmm. and implement in a future horror game. I wish. I, that would be so I think good. I actually know a little bit about why they haven't done anything like that. Um, 
Nintendo owns the Eternal Darkness IP. However, <laughs> the Silicon Knights closed down and Silicon got bankrupted. Knights, and <laughs> the guy that uh, ran and owned Silicon Knights has the, I believe it's the, the the license or the uh, the copyright on the sanity meter or some shit like that. They basically mm-hmm. it's they have split um, ownership over certain elements from the game. <laughs> I think I'm remembering that right. But yeah, it's, it's it's a nightmare. So, and this is a brief mention because ultimately, not nearly as scary as it, as it could have been, but there is frightening moments. And this is probably the newest game on the list of horror games that we have: Evil Dead, the game, which just came out like a month ago. So it's 2022. In it, um, you can play as the survivors, Ash, and all and characters from the Evil Dead series, but you can also play as a as the demon, the monster, very much like Dead by Daylight. It's 4v1, so 4v1 versus one player. One of the things, aspects on this is that when you're playing as the enemy, you're playing as a as a Kandarian demon. And so you can do things such as raise the dead, bring out your monsters, pull out a boss monster if you want to. The craziest thing, though, one of the options that you have, and this is what scared me the crap out of me for like two or three days, but straight, is that the demon has the ability to input an image of themselves into your screen so the player just sees a a screaming image of the boss character and their sound just blows up with just a loud screams out of nowhere you can you could be doing nothing and the player can just do that and the demon can just run up and just freak you out the reason why i wanted to bring this up is because of licensing so in evil dead there's the first movie the second movie uh evil dead evil dead 2 Army of Darkness, which is the third movie, and Ash vs. the Evil Dead, which is the TV series. The licensing is so many things that are piled together that it takes almost like a minute and a half, almost two minutes, of straight trying to, of showing you the opening credits as each licensing's on there. It's just kind of nuts because it's, uh, you have Renaissance Pictures, which is um, Sam Raimi's uh, uh, production company, (laughs) because they own the rights to one or two of these films. But then if you need stuff from Army of Darkness, that's MGM, which owns the rights to that. If you need the Evil Dead, um, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, that's owned by Stars. And there's something like 20 different companies. And then you still have the ones guys who made the game in the first place. And they're licensing for it. It's just kind of hilarious on that. But yeah, if you want to possess somebody or put somebody's image in there, that's uh, Evil Dead, the game is uh, is a... is what I've got. Um, I know this episode might be running a little longer than normal. Uh, one thing I do want to let you know, that's pretty much all the big ones that I have. If anybody else has some other ones they want to slide into there before we forget. Yeah, I think I'm pretty pretty good where I'm at. I, I do have one more because I don't think this one gets as much love as it deserves. It's, a, it's an indie game. You can get it off Steam and it's called Darkwood. Oh, Ooh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that one. Yeah. And it's made by Acid Wizard Games. I really love it. It is a top-down survival horror. Another one, it's another one where it does not hold your hand. You have to go out and explore. And there's these different settlements. And what happened is this entity that's only known as the Bean takes over, like, a woods 
a big community. It traps everyone. As the more they're trying to get out, the more they can't get out. They get lost in the trees. It mutates the vegetation. It mutates the local uh, fauna. And you start off as one character. And then almost after a little while, that character dies. So then a new main character comes up. And it's just, oh, it's so freaky. Like, there's things you have to do. There's, I'm not going to get into it, but it's very exploratory. It's very atmospheric. And you can't see the enemies unless you shine your flashlight at them. So if you hear a growl, you have to kind of do a 360 to see what's coming at you. And, it, and mm-hmm. at night, here's the freaky part. At night, you have to barricade yourself in your house or the house you take residence in. You have to have the generators on. You have to fortify all the entrances. You have to set up traps when you're able to make traps. Uh, because things will start breaking in. And not just like physical things, but like entity things. And you have to last a certain time until daylight comes, and then you can go out and explore a little more safely, but not really. Like, God, there's so much lore. There's there's just there's so much. So much but it is great. It is atmospheric. If you can get to the end and you find the true ending, you're just gonna clutch them pearls and be like, oh my god. But yes, it's, it's great. It, it is great. I Because um, I, I forgot that I had Darkwood, and I remember this one part with it. Because sometimes you get weird psychological problems that just pop up. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite is uh, there's a lamp. Turned it on, and all of a sudden the ground has been switched over to half dying bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And just strolling down there, and you because uh, when you're walking on there, uh, I like the way that they play with the sound. When you're in there in that in that room first, all you hear is some crunching because it's the sound of leaves that you see on the ground. So the second you turn on the light, now you hear moaning from people because you're walking on them and there's bones. And I was playing it with a friend of mine, and the second I'm walking through there, after I turn on that flashlight, all of a sudden I see all these uh, bodies everywhere and they're still moving. I'm like, all right, turning the flashlight, uh, the light off. I am not dealing with that today. Walking away. Not today, not today, not today. Mm-mm. Oh, because I had to go find like <laughs> some switch so I could get out of this room. I'm like, I'll do it in the dark. Thank you very much. That is too scary. If I ignore it, it's not real. If I ignore it, it's not real. I can't see you. You can't see me. Exactly. Leaves, they're just leaves. You hear this? There's ah, leaves. It's There's just leaves. leaves. It's just a noisy leaf. Someone is a caterpillar. A yelling caterpillar. Yeah, soft and squishy leaves. Mm-hmm. It's not the crunchy ones. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Do, 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 do. All right. Does anybody else have ones that they want to mention real quick? Oh, there's another one that's kind of a spiritual successor to Doki Doki Literature Club. And it's called Food Companions. You play food a com- cooking game. Yeah. Okay. Food Companions. Food. And you play, it's like a cooking show and you cook with the chompettes and you go through the story and it starts taking turns and implications, and depending on what you do, you get the whole story. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but let me say, if you like Doki Doki Literature Club, try Food Companions, and then just be sad, like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm down for that. I like being sad at the hands of video games. Okay. So, with <laughs> Not that, in general. 
Uh, so with that, these are sort of the our, our games that we played, and we think that have changed at least freaked us out or have done something really amazing. So if you got to give, give yourself a chance, um, explore them, or you do it on Twitter or any of our social media stuff, and just list a, if you want to throw out one or two there that was out there. Before we close out, um, one thing I want to ask for everybody: if there was a horror game that you just didn't get a chance to play, but you really wish that you did. For me, Phantasmagoria. It was an old DOS game. I think Tim Curry's in that one, if I remember. Uh, well, on the note of Phantasmagoria, I will say I believe it's on Steam now. Yep. I need to go. I might go pick that up. But that's the game for me um, that I've like. I've always wanted to play this horror game. Somehow missed it, the boat. And when I get the chance, I should get back into that. Um, does anybody else have a horror games like that? I don't know. I know there's ones coming out that I'm excited for, but I can't think of any off the top of my head that I that I want to play. I feel very put on the spot right now. <laughs> there are some good ones coming out that look cool. There's one. Yeah. There's one. It looks like, uh, it looks like Resident Evil in space. The the Callisto Protocol. Callisto. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, from the creators of Dead Space. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It looks like Dead Space. Oh, that reminds me. How have we none of us mentioned Dead Space of all things? Yeah, Dead Space um, is a horror. There's a there's actually a lot that I that we haven't mentioned yeah, that's true. because like thinking about it, I was like, well, none of us said Until Dawn. I thought about it, but um, none of us talked about yeah. Obscure and Obscure right. the Aftermath. Resident Evil Four was overlooked altogether, even though we had a big. Segment. How, how much time do we have for this? Uh podcast because we could we could just go through them all yeah let me just turn around and look at my horror games haunting ground me and sammy didn't mention haunting ground i was waiting for you to bring that up because then i was gonna bring up roller rose ghostwire tokyo (laughs) yeah uh, oh yeah things i was gonna bring up too it's like we could go on for entirely too long on so many games because i mean i've got stories on rule of rose i've got stories on clock tower three that i didn't go over yeah i remember i wanted to do a cosplay group of the main of the leads from clock tower three rule of rose and haunting ground and have it be like a i'm I'm down for it have do the spider-man meme where they're all standing pointing at each other (laughs) (laughs) it's okay capcom can you make some better games nowadays or are you still just gonna keep shoveling crap in our face just hang on port haunting ground to modern consoles. Resident Evil 7 Resident and 8 is pretty 7. good, though. I'm not talking about that. True, true. I'm not talking about that one. Is amazing. I mean, Capcom's kind of listening Capcom, right now. Capcom, if you're there, we want more horror games. That's the moral of this story. Port Haunting Ground. Capcom, do better! Rework Exo Primal to Dino Crisis like it should be. Square, if you're listening. Parasite Eve Remake. Re- remake Parasite Eve. Whatever made Dino Crisis say you need to fire them and Capcom. to ban them from everything. What? Why are we getting rid of the Dino Crisis people? The three, the third one. Oh, the oh, Dino yeah. Crisis. No, three. I'm pretty sure that he did get fired, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, we were, we were closing. Dinosaurs in space! <laughs> any, any more rancid game companies? That will want make them want to distance themselves from us. Hey, I f- hey, yeah, you know, I feel like um, the people who made Jurassic Park: Fallen Kingdom ripped off the third Dino Crisis because of mutant clone people. Nintendo, go back to making Hanafuda cards. You were better at making cards. Atlas Port Trauma Center. Oh God. Oh God, not um, Trauma Center. I love Trauma Center. 
Anyway, anyway. Everybody died. Sorry. Yeah, Trauma Center is great. Why is Persona 5 not oh, on Switch? Oh, it should be, that might but be soon. it's coming to. Yeah, you tell them. <laughs> I mean, I've been hearing that. I've, heard, I've, I've heard, heard 5 and Persona 3 Portable are coming to Switch. Why aren't we getting a Dragon's Dogma 2? Oh, wait. That was last week's rant. <laughs> yeah, that was last okay. week's rant. That's last week's. Anyway, no danger. Starting to break the north wall. People are starting to start to know things about the kayfabe we're doing. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, okay but anyway so yeah that's uh, our take for this if we enjoy it and we're probably going to do some other ones that are like this for other genres in the future yeah we can do um, visual novel romance games for valentine's day doki doki literature wait let's talk <laughs> about otome's <laughs> mass effect mass effect Baldur's gate oh i will play boyfriend i will play boyfriend dungeon to play yeah 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 that one's getting that Dungeon. one's getting yeah, a free I was DLC. Say that's the next one. Boyfriend Dungeon for Liz. Y'all, I, I will play Hot Hot to Fill. Uh, hot to Full Boyfriend or Bust. That one, I'll play that one. That's what I said. I said that first. Okay, you play that. Okay, I'll play um <laughs> I'll play the Colonel Sanders dating game. Oh, I want to play that one too. Boyfriend Dungeon is getting a free DLC with three new weapons and so uh, and more story, so I'm I'm gonna so three I'll more play boyfriends. Boyfriend well, one of them's a girlfriend, the one of them's a she they. Um, and she is a doctor who does not like being wield- wielded. And I think she's a villain. Anyway. I was going to say. Anyways. And, and the, the horror <laughs> twist on, on Boyfriend Dungeon is just incredible. Go check it out. The, yeah, the creepy bird, bird eldritch boys. horror of Hatoful Boyfriend. Okay. We might have a Valentine's Day episode <laughs> coming up. <laughs> In the meantime, though, uh, thank you, everyone, who uh, stuck with us and listened to our, our little rants. And this is a pretty decent, I believe, EXP boost for you guys if you want to do research on your own horror games that you think are super cool or check out the ones that we mentioned. Um, but until then, this is Gaming Theater Podcast. Logging out. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Gaming Theater Podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is A Drinking Game, stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is by Ty the Artist. You can find him at Ty L. Meacham on Twitter. That's Ty, L as in Larry, Meacham, M as in Mary, E-A-C-H-A-M as in Mary. If you want to send us some financial support to help with producing things for Gaming Theater, you can do so at patreon.com slash gamingtheaterpresents. It helps us out. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.